Welcome to the Love Is Coming podcast, the must-listen show for single women struggling to attain or sustain a romantic relationship. I'm your host, Persia Lawson, author, speaker, and according to the Times Magazine, one of the UK's most successful love coaches. Before that, I was a serial cheat and obsessive love addict, but I'm now a bride-to-be and in the best relationship of my life. So, if you're trying to do the work on your love life, you are definitely in the right place. But here on the Love Is Coming podcast, we serve your education with a side of entertainment. Expect serious stuff talked about not so seriously, solo Agnian episodes with yours truly, and guest episodes showcasing some of the best in the biz in ways you've never seen them before. So, got a dating dilemma? Swiping right but haven't yet found Mr. Right? then let's get raw, real, and a little bit inappropriate because love is coming for you, baby, in more ways than one. Hello, hello. Very happy to have you back. Do I have a treat for you today? So I'm speaking to my friend Ben Bidwell, aka The Naked Professor, who is a mindset and purpose coach with a focus around masculinity and how men show up, which of course, given that the majority of our listeners are single women who are looking to attract a healthy, soulful, lasting relationship, Ben is the perfect person to be hearing from today. So Ben, how are you, my lovely? Oh, thank you, Persia. I love this. I'm, I'm excited. I love I love these conversations. I'm excited to sit in this space. Thank you for having me. And how am I? Um, do you want the do you want the truth? Yes, I do always. Okay, um, it's a big question, isn't it? How are you? I yeah. I'm a bit kind of all over the place actually at the moment. I, I feel um, I could lean in any direction that I kind of choose. Um, there's a lot of fear and um kind of uncertainty within me and there's a lot going on in my life but just so much oh yeah so much uncertainty around it there's a real lack of clarity and there's a part of me that's there's a story going on in my head that I've regressed in the last 18 months and um that's kind of feeling topical at the moment I'm not doing some of the things that I was 18 months ago you know I feel I haven't quite progressed like I'd like to so it's that but then at the same time I'm really excited and the world is kind of I feel full of opportunities for me at the moment and I'm just trusting and believing and you know see an amazing future so I kind of I can be whatever you want me to be really right now <laughs> everything's inside of me bless you well this is what I love about you you um you know we've both done a lot of podcast interviews like this and it's like I think it's particularly a British thing but maybe it's just that it's that universal thing of when someone asks you how you are doesn't matter how you are you just say yes great fine thank you you know (laughs) and I love that you straight away especially given what we're taught we're going to be talking about today you actually just answered with an honest response um Mm. and given the context that we're recording this in you know we are 18 months or so into a global pandemic so it's interesting that you said uh what you said there that you haven't been feeling you know you've noticed a market change in that time so can you just go into that a little bit I'm interested to sort of understand because I, I to be honest I, I think many people are going to be feeling the same so I'd love to hear a little bit more about that yeah thank you um and first I'd love to just say like I always just want to see my truth my intention in this podcast is to let myself be seen and to feel a, a deep sense of connection with you and for me that comes only by sharing my truth if I say I'm fine thanks Paja how are you it's like we're not going anywhere it's like yeah okay it's just basic I, I, I want to have a meaningful impactful conversation with you so that for me entails sharing my truth um 
And yeah, over the last 18 months, when I think back to March 2020, I was sat on stage with Johnny Wilkinson, who's like an idol of mine in the sports sporting world. Um, one of the best wow. rugby players that's ever lived. And I was on stage in front of a live audience, and my career sort of felt like it was going from strength to tr- strength to threat strength. Excuse me. And um, yeah, and then I looked, and, and there was a book deal in the pipeline, and there was just everything just felt alive, and all sorts of new kind of op- exciting opportunities. And since then, now I look back at the last eighteen months, and none of that has come to fruition. And I'm, you know, where are the next talks? There are talks coming up, but they're just. It feels like the same level of everything is not there right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do feel less than 18 months mm-hmm. ago. Of course, that's not the truth, but there, there is, that's, that's the scary voice in my head or the voice in my head that's scared. Mm-hmm. Um, and the truth is, is that, you know, I've done a lot of great work in the last 18 months, but it's not quite as visible and perhaps it's not so kind of, my, doesn't warrant uh, energy from my ego as much. Um, so... Yeah. That's a really interesting point, isn't it? Because I think if if these last 18 months have been anything, they've certainly been humbling. Yeah. And um, I think this has been, everything you just said there, I think um, is, is what I've heard so much from women who've been struggling dating mm. um, because of how COVID has impacted our romantic lives. And that validation that we would get from going out, from looking good, from being seen at the right places, et cetera, et cetera, whether that is in your career or in your romantic life, and suddenly that was taken away. And the first lockdown um, was really, really challenging for so many people because suddenly it's like we were left alone with ourselves and we didn't have those things to hold on to, um, to kind of, in many ways, I guess, distract ourselves. Mm. Um and yeah, I really, I really feel feel that. Like I, t- I certainly relate myself. I think everyone listening will as well. Mm. Um, I'm really interested in, you know, in what you're about, Ben, because you are um, a good-looking guy with a fantastic body. You know, let's 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 say it like it is. You are on Instagram at the Naked Professor. Um, I actually, do you know, we're going to do a little game. I call it sixty second summary. I actually want to hear going in a slightly different direction now Mm. i want to hear in 60 seconds how that came about how you became the naked professor (laughs) are you ready goodness this is one of the hardest games i've ever played i know (laughs) (laughs) okay i'm ready i'm ready i'm ready i'm ready okay three two one go Okay, so my message is about stripping away the masks of masculinity, like bearing my soul, letting myself be really seen, um, which is something I didn't experience for 30 years. And for me, there's an element of that. It's like stripping myself naked. It's like, you know, that's when you're truly seen. It's like you're not hiding anything. And I married those two together and the naked coach just didn't sound right. It sounded like I was I don't know, coaching around something else. And this, yeah, this, 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 this was at a time four or five years ago when everyone had a catchy Instagram name. So I was like, my catchy Instagram name could be the naked professor because that's exactly what I'm intending to be. And I started off physically naked, exposing myself and really letting myself be seen in that way. Um, and emotionally naked, but, um, I figured that there was a time for me to put my clothes on and to, um, continue to expose myself emotionally, but um, not always have to get naked because that's quite a challenge. So um, I'm emotionally naked, but now not physically. And I also want to work with men and do men want to necessarily see my naked oh, arse? That's the timer. 
Okay, I, I forgot that. to give you a warning at 30 because I was so grappled by you explaining the, the whole thing because I didn't know that I didn't I kind of had guessed it but that was um that was really interesting that that's originally what it was uh what it was about for you that the stripping back of the layers of of um and, and actually I want to go you go into that more okay so you said that your first 30 years on earth it was it was not about um showing yourself it was essentially it was about hiding yourself how did that play out in your romantic life? Yeah, what, what intuitively comes to me is basic. You know, I, I ticked boxes um, and I met some beautiful girls. I was incredibly lucky to, to, to have um, in my life, but I just wouldn't let them in. You know, I, I didn't, I lacked the, the, I lacked connection to myself, so I could never really connect deeply with them. It was just, they looked pretty and they were lovely people and I kind of felt, you know, kind of connected to them up to a level. But um, there wasn't true depth because I wouldn't let them in. And in that space, um, I was really, you know, I really cared about them and I, and I really did love them. But there wasn't this sense of kind of real flowing love of like, wow, going on this amazing, beautiful, loving journey together. It just kind of stopped at a point. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I kind of thought that was just me. That was just, I was just unemotional was my, was my thought process around it all but it was almost kind of torture if I'm honest like um as a guy blocked from connection who really seeked connection and I think we all do every individual I think we all want deep love it's just our behavior doesn't align us with it it was kind of torture it was like I'm with this amazing girls and I really love them and they're so nice but I'm not feeling totally fulfilled in the relationship through no fault of their own entirely mm -hmm. my fault because I just didn't know how to let them in or to, to really get under the surface with them. Um, so, yeah, it just leads me to say this word basic, you know, basic mm. relationships. So what was it that created that shift when you were 30 where you would just, you changed and you how did you get from that to, to wanting to become the naked professor? Yeah, so I, I started working with a hypnotherapist really by accident because um, I was only working with this hypnotherapist because... Uh, it was a, a challenge I had around sex where I struggled to orgasm and I'd had that since 18 and for a long time that was kind of a gift according to the lads you know most of them had the opposite problem so they were like teach me how to do that but for mm -hmm. me you know it, it, it um at 30 I was like this has interfered in some of my relationships and I want to have a deeply fulfilling sort of sexual experience in my life I want to have kids one day mm -hmm. as well um so then this you know this hypnotherapist kind of came into my world as as I think they do when you're ready and uh, as people do when you're ready and um she was working with my flatmate who was a professional rugby player to help him over an injury and I sort of stopped and thought to myself hang on a minute have I got an injury here could she help me and so I I sat down and spoke with her and said Is there, could you help me with this and she was like yeah I can and I was like she, I had no idea she was going to connect me to my emotions and strip me down into a vulnerable state where I really got to know myself and, and, and really like understood who I actually was as a person. Um, and if she said that to me, I'd have been like, absolutely not, not for me. You, you know, you're barking up the wrong tree. I just want to get, have different sexual experiences, but she mm. did it. She just, and I went in believing that she was just going to teach me to be a sex guru. You know, that was genuinely <laughs> my belief. So I was like, all this stuff you're teaching me about is a bit random, a bit, I don't really see the connection with sex, but you know, I kind of in slightly intrigued and let's just go with it. If it means that it's going to change my experiences, I just kind of put my trust in it for a couple of months. And so by that point, when I started to think, huh, I'm not sure we're ever going to get to the sex bit, 
I'd kind of seen enough change in myself and I told my mum I loved her for the first time in my life and I'd had a few wow. experiences where I'd opened myself up a bit and there was part of me that's like I think that's healthy I think you know maybe I can't see the direct correlation with this and sex yet but I think it probably is a good thing so let's just see where this goes and um, continued working with her and then you know before I knew it I was <laughs> you know all, all about the emotions and going on this journey and and becoming a coach myself and um, wow! Yeah, it's crazy. It sounds very much like her approach is similar to my approach. Sell them what they want, give them what they need. Yes. <laughs> you know, I have a program called Get Your Soulmate, and it's that which sounds a bit tacky to be honest. But I mean, I just had to get I had to get a website with a dot com. That was a big part of it, in all honesty. But mm. the point is, so many people they want their soulmate, they want that relationship, and actually, in order to get that, you need to become your own soulmate. You need to fall in love with yourself. You not, not only all the, you know, the nice stuff of falling in love with yourself and, you know, connecting to your sense of self-worth, you need to take responsibility for where you have shown up badly in your life or, you know, treated others badly. Like all the, the sort of essentially the shadow work that is, is no one really wants to, to talk about or own, but is absolutely imperative in order to, to show up in any, in any area of your life in a different way. So mm. how did you find that working with this hypnotherapist um, affected your relationship with women? Yeah, and just, just quickly to acknowledge what you just said there as well. Mm. You know, if you put on your, on, your, on, your, on your course, like, come and do shadow work, everyone will be like, uh, no, you're right, thanks. I just want to meet my soulmate. Yeah. You know, and it's yeah. like we both know, of course, that the important part is, is meeting your shadow, understanding, and to, and to redirecting yourself. Unless we're truly mm -hmm. being our best selves, are, yeah. are we really going to welcome in the best person into our life? Yeah. Um, uh, so I, I'm so on board with you, exactly. It's so interesting, isn't it? Um, and then, yeah, so the hypnotherapist, I mean, yeah, it's just transformed my relationships. Now, like for me, it's I just can't be in something unless there's depth to it, mm -hmm. unless there's real. And I think that's partly because having experienced a life without connection to now go into a life that does have the possibility of connection. I won't settle for, for a life without connection anymore. Like it's, that's that I need that. I've, I've repressed it. I blocked it out for so long. I just, it, it would be really, um, just a, a really unfulfilling experience for me to go back into my old ways. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I've gone from no deep relationships to only seeking deep relationships from never speaking my truth to only wanting to speak my truth from not, from not, you know, intimately allowing myself to be seen to only want to show up and let myself be seen in my authentic state. Like all these complete flip reverses, um, mm -hmm. I attract entirely different people into my life. You know, mm -hmm. and I've gone from kind of short hair, kind of clean and tidy to having long hair and, you know, like looking a bit more. I don't know, whatever word you want to call it, hippie or just whatever, alternative, I guess. Mm -hmm. I just, everything is different. And that's because I was living in a world where I was trying to fit in and conform to feel validated to now actually just conforming with the truth of who I am as a person. Mm. Um, and that transforms. If we learn to be like you'll know, like you're doing, like you're teaching people, if we learn to be our most truest, authentic selves, then we invite most authentic people into our lives who match us truly uh, don't just tick boxes yeah water seeks its own level yes perfect absolutely absolutely yeah. so what i want to yeah. say is that this is not common to hear a man talk like this 
And I say that with absolute love and reverence for you because we don't live in a world that, you know, I think as women, we can focus very much on men are dickheads. They ghost you, they treat like shit, they lie, they cheat, all of this. You know, we have that narrative because that's many of our experience. Mm. I have a, a different narrative because actually all of that stuff I just said, that was me. That was my story. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have like, I actually saw men in quite a different way. I, I, m- for the most part, I saw them as like, well, I, I'll treat you like shit or, or that, you know, I had treated so many men really badly. Um, and I also had known a lot of wonderful men. And I, I'd seen, you know, when I treated men badly, these men breaking down or, you know, I, I'd, I'd really seen um, a side of men that, a lot of women, when I would t- try and talk to them about that, they 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 didn't identify with it. Mm. Um, but I am interested to hear, you know, why do you think that men are not permitted to really show up in this way and, you know, be open to looking for connection and talking about their emotions? Because we mm. don't really see that often. No, well, well, I, I think we are seeing it more now, like in the, in the sort of millennials coming through or whatever, you know, I'm, I'm 39. So, you know, I look at 20 year olds coming out of some schools now and they are way in an t- entirely different place from me. But the, the truth of people my sort of age, and, and, you know, it only gets worse as you get older, really, yeah. is that I grew up seeing Arnie, Sylvester Sloan, James Bond, Terminator, you know, it was all that kind of stuff. And it was those men never failed. You know, they, they won, they were tough, they were strong, they were unemotional, they got the girls. They chucked the girls away. They were never hurt. They were never emotionally involved. They never were connected. They didn't let people in. They wore this armor. They were tough and they were strong and they were brave. You know, that was what I saw. There was no man showing up in the spaces that I looked that showed me that it was okay to to, to be soft, to, to fail, to cry, to be connected to our emotions. Um, all the stuff that are basic human experiences that we will go on. So as men, like subconsciously, from as young as I can remember, I was taught that I needed to, to, to you know, man up, um, which meant never show emotion, block them all out, be tough, be strong, be brave. And I say this as a man whose mum was a nurse who was so kind and loving and sensitive and caring, and I loved that in her, and I had that in me too. But society said, no, don't, don't share that part of you. Don't share that because that, that is not a way to thrive as a man. That, that you'll be taken advantage that is weak you know as we know now that the biggest shame trigger for men is weakness in whatever capacity so yeah it's um i i and, and listen and then for for 30 years you know i was that man i played that role it was never my truth but i played it for so long that it's all i knew and i really thought it was me so i was called dead inside i was called um emotionally retarded i remember um, everything, like all these things that were never my, actually my truth, but they were who I learned to be. And I almost took them as a, as a, as a badge of honor. You know, I, I, it was almost like, yeah, too right. I am dead inside. You can't hurt me. Um, and society rewarded that in some capacity. And I rewarded myself. There were pats on the back. There were fist bumps. There were, you know, and, and I, even when you were saying to me, we live in a world, this is not just confined to, to men. We live in a world that I bet there was part of you that felt strong and validated when i know of course you've got heart but when you upset a guy you know there was part of like yeah look what look how special i am i'm in look control how important i am i'm in control yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, you know and that that's a validating part but it's not our heart's truth it's not who we truly seek at a deep level um 
And so that is the journey for me. It's like really connecting, going deeper and understanding that these behaviors that we are showing in this space are purely behaviors that we've learned to, to, to be safe. You know, and you felt safe and validated in that space, behaving in that way. There's no blame on you. It's just your experiences that led you to have that. But we've got to go digging and we've got to understand actually like your truth is not to behave like that. So we've got to learn what our truth is, what our deeper values are underneath that. And um, yeah, I've forgotten what the question is now, but it's flowed to this point and that, that's, that's what felt right to share. Mm. Yeah. And ha- I'm interested to know, have you experienced any negativity from women in a, I guess in a romantic way, but it could be in a platonic way, when you have been showing up more authentically and truthfully and more, I guess, sharing your emotions. Have you had any backlash? Yeah, totally. Women Tell aren't us more used about to it. that. Yeah, it's not the norm. Like women aren't used to it. And although they like the idea of it, if it when they're put in a position where um, a guy sits in that space and he shares that he's had a bit of a shit day and he's feeling a bit low, like, well, where's my warrior? Where's the management to be looking after me? If you're if you're feeling sad, well, I, I'm, you know, I can feel exposed and uncertain. Are you really the man to look after me? Um, and some women just aren't ready to go there. Mm. They think they are, but actually, it's I've encountered very few who can really sit in that space with me. Um, and now, in my I, I, my understanding is that I can have a bad day like everybody, and that's authentically my truth. It doesn't make me any weaker as a person. You know, yeah. it just makes me live in the human experience. And, you know, I'm not I'm not drowning in that experience. I'm just experiencing it in that moment and I'm sharing it to release it, not to be owned by it. Yeah. Um, and that's the difference. But but not everyone understands that. So, yeah, there's, there's, I, I, you know, this is going to sound harsh, but as a society, we still hear a message from women. That a lot of them love a bad boy. And there's still yeah. part of me now that sits there thinking, I need to be a bad boy to attract this girl into my life. Mm. And I just don't want to go there because that person's clearly not the one for me, even though my ego wants to get validated by them and, and, and have a bit of fun with them. Okay, right. We need to talk about this more because <laughs> this <laughs> is very much um, something I can relate to. You know, mm. I, I share in um, my new book, Love is Coming, about this. I share that, you know, I was always jumping from being with the bad boy and then I'd inevitably get burned by him. So I'd go to the, the nicest um, good guy, you know, the closest good guy um, mm. who was, you know, the guy that I'd maybe just seen as a friend mm. and I'd friend zoned him. But I'm like, oh, well, he's there to pick up the pieces. So I'll kind of lead him on and get, get that attention and validation from him. You know, this is, <laughs> I'm not proud of this, but this mm. was absolutely what happened. And then soon enough, I'd get bored of him. And I knew that I could mess him around. And I would jump, you know, that a new bad boy would turn up or the old boy bad boy would turn up and I'd jump back with them. And it would just, it just became this whole stupid game. And really, what the issue was, is that I was terrified of being present with myself. Mm. And so I couldn't actually handle a guy being nice to me, really, not for very long anyway. Mm. And I completely agree. Do you, do you know that one of the main things that I hear from women who I work with is they'll they'll do all this work they eventually will then attract the guy that they've you know very clearly put on paper who they want and he treats them like a queen this is exactly what happened to me by the way when I met Joe and then there will be so much resistance and they will say things like oh maybe I don't fancy him maybe maybe he's just a friend blah 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 and that that's what becomes the resistance and I'm like no you've got exactly what you asked for 
which is a guy to treat you well and respect you and love you. And you are telling yourself now that he's either boring or that he's, you know, you're making up some bullshit reason to run away because this is intimacy and this is healthy and this is what real love feels like. It's not what it's painted as in movies and, you know, in the media, which is just drama and ups and downs and like constant butterflies. That is not a sustainable way to run a relationship. So, yes. so would you say that when you were younger, you did identify as being the bad boy? Um, I try hard to be. Mm. I mean, I wasn't at my heart. I wasn't, but uh, but I I saw that that was the way to thrive. You know, that was the way to get the girls really. Um, and I think it was really important is to make the distinguishment here for for me now. We're not asking guys just to start playing the nice guy, the good guy, you know, who just bends over and, and you know, loses his his um, purpose and, and um, loses that the, the strength of, of him, the leader and in, in, inside of him, because there's that too. But we're asking the men to find who who they are in their entirety. Yeah. And there's there's a there, there is a warrior, a, a leader inside of us all, men and women, and there is also a lover inside of us who can soften. And there's a time and a place to play both. But being mm. soft and loving doesn't make you soft and loving all, you know, purely. Just like being tough doesn't make you tough all the time. It's like we can be, I mean, that sounds like a funny word and it might trigger some guys, but we can be fluid. You know, there's a time to be strong and lead in that moment. And then there's a time to soften and to, to surrender into, what, into the present moment and to not have control, to not know where that moment is going, but just to be there. Um, but we as men love love to, to, to kind of have this clarity. And it's, if, we're, if we are the bad boy, then we will always be the bad boy, even mm-hmm. though our heart is saying, hey, don't do that. That's that's not a nice thing to do. It's mm-hmm. like, well, that's who that's I am, the bad boy. I'm going to play that role. Mm-hmm. It's like, actually, no. Like, you know, I, I haven't done a lot of this work. And the, and the journey continues, of course. But it's not as I'm a, I'm a bad boy at all, but because of the nature of knowing myself, I would, I would still keep the girl on her toes because I am committed to myself and I'm purposeful in my actions and I will expect them to show up just like I'm showing up and they will feel that my purpose, they will feel my, my courage and they'll know that that's the journey that we're on together and that not to say it's not, they're not good enough, but it's like, we've got to show up together here. Um, so when you say keeping them on their toes, what might that look and feel like? Um, it will look and feel like sharing my truth with them um, and knowing my value. And um, so, you know, when I don't feel seen and heard, um, it's, hey, look, I, I, right now I don't feel like we're as connected as deeply as as we have been, and I, I don't feel like you're truly being present with me, and I want to talk to you about that. Whereas in the past, it would be like shame. It would be like screw you if you're not going to be there and kind of, you know, champion me as your as your king. Then I'm just going to like not bother giving you my attention. I'm just going to turn my turn a blind eye, turn a cold shoulder, and play the bad boy until you until I get your attention again. Mm-hmm. And and you know we just create this resistance. We're creating these walls between us because they don't realise that they've sort of perhaps being a bit neglectful and then they think you're just being a dick or going out party all the time because that's what you like to do when you're just seeking love 
So it's it's conscious communication. It's sharing a truth. It's being vulnerable enough to admit that sometimes that you seek a little bit more love. So it's being vulnerable enough to also see to to, to, to let them know that you seek a bit more space. Yeah, sharing your truth at all times. Um, that's what it is. But we're scared to do that. And why all of us. we're scared to do that? Because ultimately we're scared of being rejected. Mm-hmm. You know, um, mm-hmm. we're scared of being a failure. We're scared of looking weak. We're scared of, of them thinking that we're a pussy. Yeah. You know, um, when actually if we can own this and we can sit in that space and not be, not be owned by it and, and shy away and, and, and our become, you know, our behavior being determined by these insecurities, but actually sitting in the space and owning them and saying, this is what I'm feeling. Now we're, that, that's, that's a leader. That's someone who's not being owned by the challenging emotions. That's someone who's stepping up and is not afraid to express their truth. Um, and it's really magnetic, actually. Yeah. You know, I've got a chapter in um, Love is Coming that talks about exactly this. Hmm. Um, and it, essentially, it's like what people never want to hear from me. Um, you know, when I get asked, okay, so how do you get a man to fall in love with you? How do you get the blah, blah, blah? Like, well, you can't get a man to fall in love with you. Um, hmm. What you can do is you can be in your truth and you can just show up and tell the bloody truth. Mm-hmm. Like literally from the first point of contact, my friend Fleur says, don't play hard to get, be hard to get. Like have a rich, exciting, vibrant life for yourself. Do the work so that you value yourself, you respect yourself, learn what your boundaries are, learn how to communicate them again from the first date. All of these things, and it's not about putting walls up, but it's just about like you emit a different energy, a different frequency when you show up in your power. And that's why I always say you need to spend like a good time being single and do this deep work because you can, you know, the minute someone else comes along, you're going on a different journey. And if you haven't got that really clear foundation um, where you've been with yourself and you value yourself and, you know, you get to the point where you you don't feel scared to express your boundaries and your truth, then you will just find, I mean, like I did, I was so up and down all the time in my romantic relationships because I hadn't been with myself long enough. This is not the same as like, oh, being single and ready to mingle. I mean, like, no, I'm going to go through a period of time where I'm just with me and not having that external validation from whether it's getting texts, being on dating apps, whatever it is. Where, where do you stand on that? Mm. Yeah, what I would, what I would say, um, I, I, I want to word this carefully because I don't want to um, sound harsh, but I, I can feel into, um, when I'm with a girl, I can feel into whether or not they're, where they're coming from, if you like, you know, if they're, if they're what I'm trying to say, I guess, is, is that it's really important that we own our boundaries from a place of love and respect for ourselves, not out of fear that they're going to do wrong. Um, mm-hmm. What I'm trying to say is that um, sometimes I've, you know, I, I really, I really seek flow in a relationship, and flow comes from sharing our truths. And sometimes you can share a boundary or create a boundary, not because it's true to you, but because you feel like it's what you should do. And I can feel into the fact that that's not their truth and they're creating these difficulties and suddenly flow is being lost because they think that they should be doing this, they should be doing that. And it's got Give a me an thing. example. Um, so I, I, I was dating a girl a while ago um, and she was very demanding about how I um, 
how I took her out and where we went to and things like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, at this point, I, re- I really don't care. And I don't think you really care either because I know that you're, um, I can feel you've got a beautiful heart and what matters is how we spend time with one another, how we feel with one another. But I think you're, what you're trying to do is test me mm-hmm. to see, and you think that if, if I tell you I'll take you to this place and this place, then you think it's a test of my commitment mm-hmm. um, that I really like you if I'm doing these things. And she's got all these sort of boundaries almost as if she's read some book that says he must take you there, he must treat mm-hmm. you like this, and he must like, and it's like, now let's feel into what, what's right for us. So I remember like I would cancel because um, at some point because of the truth in my heart at that point was that I was really busy. It was crazy. I felt overwhelmed and there was a lot going on and that the, the insecurity in her was like, oh, here we go. He's, he's trying to get away from me. She's like, she would come back going, okay, well, you just can't treat me this way. You need to make it up to me. You need to do this and this and this mm. because she was insecure about her own value. Yes. Whereas someone who's really secure could go, oh, hey, like I know how life is. It's it's cool. Um, thanks for letting me know. Thanks for sharing what works for you. Um, let's figure this out when you've got a little bit more time because they're comfortable. They're not already thinking the worst of me. And yeah. you know what? Maybe if, I, if, it was, if I was a guy who was just talking bullshit, excuse my language, then she would find out from there. Yeah. Um, anyway, the truth would come out. But I just felt we really stopped flowing in this space and I felt forced and pressured that I had to, hit these criterias that she created in her head that stopped the whole thing flowing and I was having to come from a place of force and needing to do stuff which was an energy I didn't want to give out I've got enough of that in my day-to-day life yeah does that make any yeah. sense oh I've got a hundred percent and actually that's another thing I see that so this can come up around sex in particular I get asked this all the time when's the right time to have sex blah 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 and there can be that very arbitrary thing of like oh 10 dates or blah 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 and I say like listen if you want to have sex on the first date have sex on the first date but listen to me you do not use it manipulatively like if you have not had a conversation with the guy around what that means you cannot have sex and assume that that now means you're dating exclusively if you've not had that conversation so I don't think it's not it's not about um with any of this it 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 the specifics are less important than you just being really clear in yourself about what is true for you and communicating that in a really respectful way not doing it because you read in a book somewhere that's what you should do and I yes. see that often because because what you're saying is not matching up like you said it's like you can feel when someone is coming from a, like they are in their strength and that is true for them um, and so there's sort of synergy or when someone is, they're not owning that really. They're, they're actually feeling insecure. And so then they're saying like, oh, you've got to treat me like a princess. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, no, no. You need to show up in your power in order to get that sort of re- like reciprocated. If you're showing up and really you're just manipulating because you feel shit about yourself and you're insecure, then that's what like exactly what you're saying ben that's what stops the flow that's what it stops being organic because you're playing games yes and you can't play games if the other person like if you are not willing like you need to basically you need two people to play a game you need two people to play a game and what i'm hearing there ben is that you were just like i'm not playing that this doesn't feel true and it doesn't basically it didn't feel like she was in her alignment she wasn't she wasn't um congruent with exactly. what she was saying and what was really going on. Whereas if she'd said, listen, Ben, I'm going to be honest, I'm feeling a little bit insecure. Yes. Um, like, 
And I know this is probably because I've been ghosted in the past by guys and I'm worried that that's what's happening here. Yes. And that, that would, that's the truth. What, yes. how, would it, how would it have felt if she just said what you think was really going on? Beautiful. And that's exactly what I wanted to say to you. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, share me your truth. And that is vulnerability. And some guys might hold, you, get, hold that against you. Yeah. And, and be like, whatever, like, you know, kind of just people who aren't ready to hold that space. But for me, receiving that level of truth, that vulnerability, that's what brings me in. Yeah. Like that, that's what's beautiful. It's like, wow, that's unique. That's, that's, here's a girl who knows herself, who values herself. She's like willing to, 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 to share at that level. That's really beautiful. And you know what? She might do that and it might still not be right. But that's but okay. But it was never going to be right. That's exactly. And at least she would have found out so much faster. Exactly. Exactly. And like this is where it you know, always comes back to me in, in, in this when we're in dating conversations. We've got to be prepared that it's okay that we're not right for everybody. Yes. You know, and show up in that space and to not feel inadequate if, if the person that we were dating, it doesn't work out and we really yeah. like them. That's that's totally okay, but we, we we've got to do if we really want a healthy relationship is share know our truth, share our truth, own our truth in a vulnerable, open space, even if it might be um, received and, and 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 mean that they don't you don't work out, or even if it might be received and held against you, at least you learn their truth, and at least you don't end up with someone who's going to take you on a journey that's never going to complete you. Well, exactly, and I always say. <laughs> You know, they're essentially disqualifying themselves. If you share your truth and it makes them run a mile, then they were always going to run a mile and it's better to know sooner rather than later. It's but actually, news. like you said, Ben, the like, you, I hear so many stories from women like, oh, you couldn't possibly do that. And, blah, blah, and like all of these like elaborate narratives that they've constructed in their mind. And I get it because I used to do it. When I showed up with Joe, like, Women cannot believe how honest I was with him. And I'll be honest, part of that is because I was at... Um, we were at Wilderness Festival. Before I forget, actually, Ben, are you going to be at Wilderness Festival this year? I am. Are you? <gasps> yes, I am. Oh, there's so and much I'm more people looking at you. Oh, that's yes. really exciting. It's going to be our six-year anniversary there, and, oh. uh, and Joe's birthday. So that's oh. really lovely. Amazing. Okay, beautiful. Yes, that's really exciting. So, but because because we were at this festival, I didn't think I was going to ever see him again, which mm. made it that bit easier to to just be like, well, I might as well just completely be honest and be who I am but that was that was a small part of it but the bigger part of it even if it wasn't at a festival I would have still done that because I learned the long hard way that trying to edit yourself um you know particularly in those early dates never goes well in the end it just never goes well and I realized, you know, I made a I made a commitment to myself that I was not, and this isn't just in romantic relationships, this is across the board. I am not going to abandon myself in the hope that by not by abandoning myself, the other person won't reject me. Yes. Whatever happens, even if they end up rejecting me, I'm gonna be honest about who I am, what I desire from a romantic relationship. And I'm just like, I'm, you know, when I met Joe, I was like, re- like literally at the festival, I was like, yeah, I'm in a place in my life. I'm not really interested in having another sort of one or two year relationship. I want to meet my partner, someone I can build a life with. I didn't yeah. know that that was going to be him, but I was just, you know, I, I said it so sort of openly and casually. And he he was just like, I, he found it. He's like, it was so attractive to me. I'd yeah. never met a woman who just owned who she was and where she was at in life and what she desired. 
that he's like that's actually made me want you more it didn't make you feel desperate or needy because a little bit like you said ben it's like we are we can feel people's truth and we can feel when they are not telling the truth yes. words are bullshit really at the end of the day so even if you go, yeah, no, I, I'm just up for a bit of fun as well. Yeah, let's just see how it goes. But really, you're like, no, I want a boyfriend. I want to meet the, I want to meet my future husband or whatever the hell it is. I, I want to, you know, have kids in the not too distant future. That that will become really obvious. And actually, it's really unattractive when you can feel that someone is saying one thing but meaning something else. Yes, so unattractive. It's a barrier. It's it is a barrier. It breaks connection. Um. I'm so with you. And I think that the, the, the key to all of this is actually learning what your truth is in the first place because we can't speak our truth if we don't know what our truth is. And that, for me, is where tapping into my heart. Like, that's in, in my language. That's what I call it because for a long time I was dictated by the thoughts in my head, you know, and, and, and that's fear-based. And it was like, no, it has to be this and that and da-da-da. And it's, that's ultimately coming from a place where I don't think I'm good enough because that's what the voice in my head says. Yeah. And that's not congruent. That's not my truth. So we have to go deeper for our truth. We've got to get out of our head and we've got to lean into our heart. Um, I don't know if you have a different language for it, but that's what I, I would call it. And mm -hmm. that, that lives deeper inside of us. And so it's not about, because sharing our truth is not like, hey, you're not treating me properly. And I don't think you're, you need to step up and be a better man. And otherwise, I'm just going to let you go. Mm -hmm. it's, that's not sharing your truth. No. That's uh, basic, actually. That's basic boundaries. Yes. That's what people, a lot of women think, and I did for a long time. Yes. The way to get his respect is to be like a prima donna and throw your toys out. Yes. Of and I can still be guilty of that, Ben. But actually, it's like, no, it's owning and taking responsibility for how you are feeling, not just projecting your shit onto the other person. Yes, that's and it's sinking in and, and sitting into the space. And rather than saying that, it's going... Hey, listen, um, what I'm feeling at the moment is a little disconnected from you. I don't feel like you're really like as into this as perhaps I, I, I would be. Or I, I'm feeling and I see like there's potential, but I'm not sure if you're still in a different space where you're perhaps looking around and you've got other things in your mind that mm -hmm. you seem to have a lot around your business at the moment. And I'm just not sure if perhaps you're looking in, in the same direction as me. And I just wanted to own that and, and see where you're at um, mm -hmm. because I think you're really a, a really special guy and, it's potentially something that could really interest me if, if we can, um, if we can explore it. You know, that's yeah. that's more of your truth. I, and for me, as I, and I said, my heart, I, our heart is kind, compassionate, empathetic, always. So we're not sharing from a place of making other people wrong or blaming. We're just owning what's inside of us from a compassionate and empathetic, kind but still strong and purposeful place. Yes. Yes, yes. I actually just had to write a little note there because that was so good what you just said. What did it, you write? Uh, but basically, it's, you know, <laughs> what what to say when he's pulling away or, or mm. she's pulling away. And mm. guess what? You just say what, what you would say to your friend, like essentially in a calm, chilled, you know, respectful manner is the, the nutshell of that is, listen, I really like you and I'm sensing... And I could be wrong, but I'm sensing that perhaps you're pulling away and it doesn't feel good. And yeah. maybe we're not on the same page, but I just want to be, let's let's just be honest and upfront about it because this is a golden line from my friend Fleur. I want you to have what you want and I want to have what I want. And Perfect. maybe that's compatible and maybe that isn't. But either way, there's no, you know, it doesn't have to be this dramatic, horrible, stupid game playing bullshit. It can just be like two grown-ups having a chat and maybe you're on, like, you know, maybe you're on the same page and maybe you're not and that's okay either way. 
Mm. But it's we we cause ourselves so much torture in the early days of dating because we just, simply because we won't be honest firstly yes. with ourselves and then with the other person. Yeah. And Absolutely. what we do, especially as women, we go to the tribunal of a tribunal, all our different friends who all have different opinions because we're scared, you know, this was me, totally scared of owning our truth. And, you know, we just waste so much time guessing and trying to read subtext into text messages from guys. In fact, that's a good question. Hmm. As a man, do you do you like encrypt your texts with loaded meanings or or not? Oh God, I hope not, but I don't know. <laughs> uh what do you what do you mean by that How well can... i think well not i think i know a lot of women we we can waste hours upon hours reading like so much into a text message from a man um and thinking that there's a lot more to it than just what is written there you know yes. we're looking for clues and for signs and for all this stuff because i think our brains work like that so we know as women if we put one kiss it means this if we put two kisses it means this if we put this emoji it means this I don't believe that men work like that from the men I've spoken to. Uh, I, I really don't. But I, as we said before, I'm, I'm not sure I'm, I'm your average man. Um, so I, I, I don't know. Uh, well, have you but, have you done that when you've written text messages? Probably in the past. Now, really not. Now it's mm -hmm. just whatever flows in that moment. Um, and, and, and the... The truth is what I, what I share in that in that moment. Like I, I just you know, for me, an, analyzing, trying to work things out. It's it's all left brain stuff. It's all um, fear based. Ultimately, it's it's we don't like what is there to work out. Things will pan out. Trust in the process. Like if he rather than trying to understand the exact intricacies of this of this text, what about how it feels when you're with him? Yes, um, that's where I'm at with it all. Um, because we can we can work things out, we can work things out, and we can get it totally wrong. Um, he could just be a different style of texter than what we've had before. Yeah. So I just again like sharing our truth, like raising say, hey, look, you're really non-committal in your text. I feel kind of as though you're quite cold with me. Um, I've no idea if that's just the way I'm reading it, or if if I'm if, if that's the message that you're trying to trying to share with me. Um, but either way, I hope you're having a, a brilliant day, kind of thing. Mm. Like, you know, big deal, but just the truth. Um, yeah then it opens the door for a conversation. We're so scared. Like, Persia, like, I remember I started dating a girl last, last summer for a little bit, and she actively said to me she's not looking for any conflict in our conversations. And that in that moment, it was like, she's like, just don't do conflict. It's just not me. I was like, we're never going to work out because mm. we have to be able to talk about stuff. Yeah. And her, I, I soon saw, maybe because I was preempting it because of what she'd said, but massive silent treatment huge walls when something came up mm. for her she just blocked me out and it was just a complete waste of a day and it's just like this is never gonna we have to just like for me some of the most powerful conversations that we can ever have in any relationship is to sit there and talk about what fears are existing within us right now not mm -hmm. and it's in, in, in a beautiful empowering way to understand one another yes because that's where we get to know one another and it's all our fears are not true they're just stories in our head, but if we bury them and we hold them and we keep talking about them in our head and we try and work it out and we work it out, we're not coming from a place of love and connection, we're coming from a place of fear. And it's it's just, can we talk about that fear and then we can let it unfold and let, let the person into our world and actually what's going on and, and how we're feeling as a result. Then now there's a lot more certainty and understanding between one another. And we don't have to agree with it, but at least we understand one another. Yeah.
It's so it's so simple when I hear when I speak to you about it. And I think because, you know, we do this for our work and you realize that, you know, there is skill involved in the communication, taking responsibility, being relaxed, not projecting on the other person or blaming the other person because that immediately puts their walls up. Um, but we really do make it harder for ourselves purely because and I think so much of it is ego, which we were talking about earlier, is that we're so afraid of losing face we're so afraid of being rejected that we like create these really elaborate sort of masks and stories and just bullshit mm. and it's you and the thing is it's like how can you ever expect to have a healthy long-term relationship because you can't do that forever that is not a sustainable way of living your life or or communicating with a partner and i always say you know how you show up at the beginning sets the tone for the relationship it's so important Hmm. So I've got a few uh, a few more questions that I want to ask you. I mean, I could do this all day, really, Ben. But <laughs> what I would love to know, some personal ones and some sort of more general, what is your most painful memory of ex or experience around dating relationships? Yeah, it's, well, oh, there'll be a few, but I'm going to answer with the first one that came to me, which is getting rejected at 15 um, mm. at school. You know, and she was the prettiest girl in the year, and I was like, just this amazing. I just thought, you know, this is just she was my dream at that point, and I had not a clue how to to act around her, and it would be my first proper sexual experience, and I was just thought I was being, um, like uh, I thought I was being kind by sort of not being pu too pushy around sex, and I think I just was. I had no idea, no idea, pleasure, mm -hmm. and it wasn't working for her, and she absolutely had enough and walked away and i cannot blame her in the slightest mm -hmm. but you know that at that point i made up a story in my head that was going to impact the way i showed up for years thereafter which was i'm not going to get rejected like that again mm. um, that is I, I feel so weak i feel so pathetic um, i'm full of pain right now so you know I, i'm gonna have to really know that a girl is seriously into me and even then i, I don't really want to get into another relationship like at all um and if i do i'm just gonna have to treat them mean um, yeah just so many lessons that i learned in that moment or stories that i told myself in that moment to protect myself in the future that meant now i wasn't being authentic that i was trying to be something to protect myself in that moment yes and um yeah i was we've got like a pleasure the best dating advice i could ever give i've got to share this with you actually go on when I was working with a with a um, with the, the, the coach the first time, she brought a dog down to see me, mm -hmm. and um, I opened the door, and this dog like jumped up to me, and like like just was so friendly immediately. And I remember bending down and being like, "Oh, this is so sweet!" Like, "Hey, hey, 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 hey!" And just like giving love back to this dog. And I remember the coach like saying to me, "Like, what do you do when this dog like just comes in and unconditionally starts from a place of love? It just loves mm -hmm. you from the word go." Mm -hmm. and, and obviously the answer was that I just gave it love back I was like so beautiful and like dogs we have so much to learn from them if, if I wasn't a dog person and the dog came over and it was like oh hey Ben hey 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 and I was like whatever I don't really like dogs like okay hi but leave me alone that dog doesn't take this story with it and go oh that person thought I was too big or too small mm. or too, too yellow or too brown or too whatever or too forward or too quiet or da 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 it just was like hey cool that person wasn't a dog person let's move on and it yeah. goes up to the next person. It's like, hey, 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 hey. And it gets so much love because it comes from that place. It's not scared of rejection or of yeah. 
like telling itself that it's inadequate and it must show up in a certain way. It just bees it. Terrible English, but hopefully everyone understands what I'm talking about. And mm-hmm. um, and and as a result, it it receives because it is so authentic. We can't help but love them. Yeah. And 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 they go, they don't create the stories that we do as humans around yeah. all this stuff. Like all the stories that I created after that failed relationship where I got dumped, and it's like right, all this da 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 da. It's just like hey, let's move on and be present. You know, and ultimately, always just be present out of our head because in that space, we are authentic and we are aligned. And that's our truth. And so I just, dogs give me so much inspiration, so much learning because they are so present. They are out of their head. They do yeah. come from a place of authentic love and truth. Yeah. That I just see them guiding all the time. Do you know, Does that make I, any sense? In my mind? Oh, listen, <laughs> I've got my little puppy reggae's asleep next door and Aww. everything you just said then is music to my ears for a few reasons. One, because I've, you know, I've always loved dogs and I've seen it with him more and more. Like he does, he, this dog does not understand personal space. He like literally steals your slippers, steals socks. He can be a pain in the ass, but you just cannot help but fall in love with him because he is—he literally is unapologetically yes. himself. And yes. like he just, like you said, he doesn't give a shit. If someone's not interested in him and pulls back, he's like, fine, fuck you. I'm onto the next, not even fuck you, yeah. just sort of like no onto problem. the next. He doesn't take it personally. And you no. know what's so interesting is, and I like when I first read back the first draft of Love is Coming, I saw through it like as I described Joe and I genuinely hadn't done this consciously but loads of the time like loads of times I'd use like um a simile or metaphor comparing Joe to a dog in like a lovely mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. because that's what I remember most like especially from him at wilderness and every like he was not trying to be cool or to you know to pretend he didn't like me or you know be breezy no he was just like literally like a dog he was mm-hmm. like a labrador he's just like so happy to see me he just, what you saw is what you get, which is like dogs, you know, there's no fucking subtext. There's no passive aggression. Well, actually my dog has moments, but they're very fleeting <laughs> and he forgets just when I'm like, you know, we've gone out or something. Yes. But the point is that, yeah, that's what I fell in love with Joe because he just, I'd never met a guy who was just, and it was, he was so confident with it. And so mm. even at the beginning, I was a bit like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's, you know, is he coming on too strong? And, but at the same time, I couldn't not, I felt so good about myself when I was with him. And like, he was just such a delight and so much fun to be around that that resistance I had, you know, going back to what we were talking about, about the nice guy, uh, I, you know, I, it, that didn't matter because I felt too good. I felt much more good being in that presence than like the bit of resistance that came up because I was like, oh my God, he's, he's just being so authentic and so like owning how he feels about me. There was just mm. no mind games whatsoever. So I love that you talked about dogs there. That's that's really made my day. So can, what, I give, what, can I give one more dog example? Yes, 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 please. So I just think this is so important and there's so much to learn from them. The other thing that dogs don't do when it comes to like, we can apply this to dating is that we have our dog, we leave the house, the dog goes to the door. It, it's like so sad. It's like, we're like, don't go, don't go. I'm so sad. I'm so sad. And it cries and it's there, you know, please don't go. And, and, Chemically, from a from a from a scientific perspective, for all of us, it applies to humans as well. But emotions last, on average, ninety seconds. That's how mm. long the chemical reaction is. And if you look at dogs, they have that reaction. So sad, you've gone. Where have you gone? I'm really sad. They experience it fully. They cry at the door, and then after about ninety seconds, whatever, they've gone, and they just crack on with their day. What they yeah. don't do is go, "Where's she gone? Has she gone to see another dog? 
does, does she not love me anymore? Mm. Have I done something wrong this morning to upset her? Da, 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 mm. to create story, 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 story that keep the emotion alive and keep us in this space of like uncertainty and fear and like, oh my God, am I ever going to see this person again? Do they, do, do they even like me? I don't even know. I'm not sure if they're coming back. So they're all these stories that would keep this emotion alive so that when they come back in the door, if we've sat in those stories, suddenly we're like, well, huh, hey, you need to sort your behavior out because you made me feel like shit all day because I didn't, you didn't click, explain this. Da, da, da. Dogs don't do that. The dogs are just present in their day. They get on, they felt the emotion, they're sad, they get on with their day. You walk back in the door. Oh my God, it's so great to see you. I'm so happy. Yes. Da, 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 love you for 90 seconds. So excited. And then they get on with the day again. Yeah. They're just present. They're not making up stories and trying to work everything out. And where have you gone? And what's going on? Do you love me? And da, 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 da. They're just present and feel into that moment. And if they walk, if you walk in the door and don't give them love, they just get on with that too you know and that's this is like dating tips from dogs i feel yeah, like there's got to be a book in this someone must have written it but this is <laughs> so true like literally i think i could probably learn a lot of dating advice from reggae yeah so like his dad <laughs> <laughs> there you go yeah honestly i'm like if you want to sort your life out be more like a dog yeah honestly. i agree i agree mm, okay present. i've got i've got a couple of last questions to ask you what is your best memory of dating and relationships <laughs> First one that comes to mind. Oh, goodness. Best memory. Oh. I don't know, Persia. I don't know. I am... There's nothing that stands out one individual moment, but for me, collectively, it's that excitement of there's nothing better than, like, falling for someone and knowing they're falling for you too. Mm. and just the truth and the honesty and the, just the journey is no game playing and just that flow and how exciting it is. And you're just like, like, oh, it's so beautiful. And for anyone who hasn't yet found love yet, to know that that period is coming to you again mm. is just the most beautiful, wonderful experience that at some point we only have to be right once. We only have to be right once. And at some point that right person yes. is going to come in and the two of you is going to be no game playing, just going to flow into this beautiful space. And at some point you can sit there and go, I really like this person and they really like me. That's just yes. the best feeling. It really is. Mm. Nearly six years ago, that was for me. So, and it just yes. continues to be an adventure. I love that. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Okay, so what is one thing you don't want people to know about you? Um, I guess naturally, you know, that I'm scared. You know, I'm, I'm scared of my limitations. I'm scared that I'm not good enough. I'm scared that I don't know enough. I'm scared that I'm too connected to my emotions. I'm scared that I, I don't, I'm not connected enough to my emotions. I'm scared that I'm too tall. I'm scared I'm too, too skinny. I'm scared like, you know, I'm scared. I'm scared that I'm not successful enough. There's, there's so many things mm. um, that, I, you know, I'm, I'm scared. But at the same time, I don't really give a shit about people knowing that about me, if I'm honest. Yeah. Because you've broken if, through that. Yeah, I know that everyone else is thinking the same thing, truly. Yeah. And it you all know? comes to back to the fear of I'm scared I'm not good enough or yeah. that you're not going to think I'm good enough. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And for me, the difference is now I used to believe that was true. Sorry, back then I used to believe all that stuff was true and now I just know it's just a story. Yes. You know, sometimes those stories get louder when I get, you have a bad day, you're tired, you're hungover, whatever it is. But when you haven't really taken care of yourself. Yeah. Um, it's just a narrative. It's just a narrative. It's just a story. And it comes from fear. It's not my truth. 
and me and Ben, Ben and I, sorry, we are now challenging. Whenever that starts coming up, just think, what would a dog think? Mm-hmm. They wouldn't. They'd just be like, they let's wouldn't. go for a walk. Let's have a cuddle. Let's yes. <laughs> go back to what would, a dog, how would a dog respond? Yeah. They'd just be present, wouldn't they? Just live in that moment. Exactly. So, yeah. Ben, where can people find out more about you and your work? Oh, thanks, Persia. Yeah, everything's Instagram, really, isn't it? It's um, the Naked Professor on Instagram, benbidwell.com. Um, uh, but yeah, everything kind of runs through there, really. Perfect. So thank you so much for coming on, Ben. You, as always, um, are so wonderful to talk to. I think it's really healing for women. Uh, I've had a lot of women say this when you when we did that masterclass for my program, Get Your Soulmate, a while back. I've had a lot of women say, you know, how healing it was hearing you. Just your voice is very soothing, but also it's... Um, as you said, it's becoming more commonplace for men to share up, uh, to show up and share their truth and who they really are and what they struggle with. And instead of just kind of hiding behind that um, sort of mask of masculinity that has been impressed upon men. And I think it's important us women remember that. But, you know, f- when it comes to romance and dating, we can only fall in love and connect with uh, one another to the degree that we are willing to do that with ourselves first and to to be open and to put ourselves out there. And I think you're such a wonderful, wonderful example of that. And I'm so grateful for, for your work. I'm so grateful for who you are and that I get to call you a friend. I'm very, very grateful for that. Oh, thank you, Persia. Thank you. And back at you, like I love, thank you for holding this space for me and thank you for allowing me to share this message. You know, it's my mission, I hope, to help well, men and women, but particularly men in this in this conversation to, you know, to be able to give more in relationships, to be able to hold space more for their partners, to be able to welcome in more depths of love, to, mm-hmm. to welcome more connection. Um, so, yeah, it's beautiful to, to see the work that you do and helping women get to that space. I hope I can uh, show up for men and, and help them on their journey. And I'm just grateful for these conversations and for people listening. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you, my darling. So I've got one final question. You've kind of already answered this, but I just want to see if there's anything else besides the dog brilliant stuff that you would want to say. So final question, the number one piece of advice for the single women out there listening to this who have not yet met their person and are worried that they won't. Screw that worry. There is no worry. Um, everything like trust, trust in the process. Like that worry is not helping you in any capacity. That worry, I, I know it's natural to worry. Like, like it really is. But let's not embody it. Let's not play with it. Let's not talk to that rhetoric and engage with it and empower it and make it more than what it need, needs to be, which is just a story in your head. Mm-hmm. Like let's return to the present and sink into the possibility of the beautiful journey that you're going to go on to, you're going into, which is an amazing time with a beautiful man who's going to come into your life at the right time. Trust in that process and know that there's beautiful things ahead and embody that. That's that's what will serve you. Thank you, my darling. I love that. It really is, you know, advice I live by, keep it in the day because whatever's going on for you, if you just instead of focusing on like, oh my God, it's never going to happen for me and, and this sort of elusive future that none of us know what's going to happen. Just mm. coming back to the day, coming back to the moment and just saying, right now I'm okay. Like I might not have that relationship today and I can I cannot have that relationship just for today and I can focus on all the other great things in my life and just trust that that will come as and when 
the time is right and just release the obsession and release the need to control or to stress and panic about it because it doesn't, like you said, Ben, it just doesn't serve us. Yeah. One day at a time. Yes, that's it. Well, listen, that's love, it. it's been wonderful talking to you. Thank you for being such a generous and gorgeous uh, guest on the Love is Coming podcast today. Um, I look forward to speaking to you very soon. Oh, thank you so much for I'll see you next week, Persia. I'll see you all. See August. you next week. Yeah, epic. Thanks for having me. Pleasure, my love. Bye. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. I really do hope these episodes help you find dates that become mates and flings that become things with men who are ready, willing, and able to actually commit. Please be sure to like, share, subscribe, and leave me a review if you're getting value from these episodes. This helps the podcast rank higher so it can reach other people who want or need the support. To have your question answered, send it over to podcast at persialawson.com and we'll get to it ASAP. See you next week, gorgeous. I release a new episode every Tuesday. But until then, remember, love is coming for you. So surrender to the festival that is life on planet Earth and trust that what misses you was not meant for you and what's meant for you will not miss you, including your soulmate.